Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast. We believe that Jesus is the Son of God and has called all believers to a higher standard of Christian living. If you'd like to learn and grow while understanding biblical teaching, then you're in the right place. Here is our shepherd, Pastor R.L. White Sr. Gospel of St. John, we're in part 35 of Connected. And I'm very serious, how many of you know you really are connected? Amen. And I hope this is not happening. I hope you're not connected on Sunday, then you unplug on Monday. <laughs> Amen. You want to be connected, because in times like these, you need to be connected all the time. Amen. Every person on the planet has the power and the ability to accept Christ as Savior. And every person on this planet has the power to believe in God. Jesus said, believe in God, but believe also, Brother Van, he said, believe in me. And the issue people have today is they believe in God, but they believe in the God of this world. Whenever you, please look at pastor so there's no misunderstanding, because you don't know what you don't know. When you hear people get up on TV and, and uh, yeah, okay, Lord, and you dressed half naked for everybody to see what God has given you, and you get up and say, I'd like to thank God for all he's done. I don't know what God you're talking about. When you hear a person always talk about, yeah, I, 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 me, me, me. Look what God did for me, 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 me. God doesn't bless us just for ourselves. When you hear somebody and you're in a conversation with them and they never mention Jesus, that means they're talking about the God of this world. An influencer. Jesus influenced the world 2,000 years ago, and his influence is still going forth today. How's his influence going forth today? Through you and I. The Bible says we are God's hands, we are his feet, we are to let our light shine to point people back to him. Ask your neighbor, have you let your light shine? Come on, I'm serious. Don't just say it. And listen, ask them, and then, Deacon Black, wait for an answer. Now ask them, have you let your light shine? I, I, I do sometime. Before we go out and influence the world, we know this, we must start at home. And starting at home, make it even more personal, take a self-examination. Amen. As vividly and as clearly as God is speaking now, it's not hard to see those who are living for God and those who are just pretending. It's such a blessing for God to work through us. God doesn't use us. That's what the devil does. The devil wants to use you and abuse you, but God wants to work through you to be a blessing to someone else. Say amen. Your encounters are not by chance. How many of you have been having some encounters? Please wave. I want everybody to see it. Do pastor a favor. Please look around. I want you to know you are not the only one. Look, please turn your head. Try. Work that crook out. Look around. So the majority of the people are having encounters. That's not by chance. And we're going to continue to receive unusual encounters because God is not only testing the church but he's testing the church each week you listen to God's word start applying it the Bible says we don't need to just be hearers of the word we have a lot of hearers of the word sister Vivian but we don't have a lot of doers of the word 
Because if we had a lot of doers of the word, the world wouldn't be in the condition it's in now. I'm thankful, and I want to see if I have any witnesses, because remember, this is interactive service. I'm thankful that I'm not hearing noise. I know it rained the other day, but I'm thankful I'm not hearing thunder. I'm thankful that I can clearly and distinctively recognize the voice of God. Jesus said, my people know my voice. For another, they will not so if you see somebody following on a path they shouldn't be on, that shows you they're not listening to the voice of God. God is not going to lead you down a path that leads to self-destruction. But pastor, it's just fun. God will not lead you. I know I'm talking about your relatives. Down a path of self-destruction. Self-destruction is when you make everything priority and have God way down. Come on, clap your hands. I am connected to the kingdom. When you recognize you're connected to the kingdom, don't allow your old nature to come up. Your old nature may come up, not necessarily through you, but the devil may try to, well, or his demons may try to bring somebody back into your life to try to reconnect with you. But that's your old nature. Somebody say, I've moved on from my past. If God has disconnected people out of your life, who do we think we are to say, but I really like them. I'm done with trying to do things the way I want them done. Come on, where are the real believers at? I, Lord, I want to be pleasing. Lord, I want to be acceptable unto you. Stop the music. I want to please you more than I please anybody. I know my dependence is in you and not in the world. Look at somebody and say, I'm not going back. Let's see, some of y'all haven't confessed it because you don't want to let go of your past. Say, I'm not going back. Why do I want to go back to worrying all the time, being stressed out all the time, don't know where my next meal, I'm not going back to walking the floors at night to saying, I don't know what I'm going to do. I know exactly what I'm going to do. I will trust in the Lord. I can speak for you all the days. Come on, give him praise if you trust him today. I say give him praise if you trust him. I, I, I know this is old-fashioned, but, but I know it's old-fashioned. I know it's old-fashioned, but tell somebody. Tell them, look at them, say, I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready. Come on, don't tell him I'm getting ready. God is preparing some things that's been designed. All this stuff you're going through is not for no reason. God is preparing you. Stumbling blocks in your way. God is preparing you. I said God is preparing you. God is preparing. He's equipping you. What an incredible night Jesus is having with these 11 men. We have been in this for several months, and I am eternally grateful to God for the opportunity to really stay here in the word and this is to all pastors I've said this before and the Lord said tell you again stop jumping all over the Bible give your members a clear understanding of what God is really like and if you want to know what God is really like look at Jesus during this entire discourse 
Jesus was communicating with his disciples about future events. And I mean this. How many of you really know that God's word is amazing? <laughs> you know what was so cool? Just now, I, I wish the people watching this because hands just shot up. Some things you don't have to think about. Some things just become second nature. God's word is amazing. There's life. Life is not found in the world. Jesus said, I have come 2,000 years that you might have what? And have it what? More abundantly. That's how God wants us to live. Well, pastor, if I live an abundant life and my neighbor's living like this, dude, I'm not concerned about how my neighbor's living. When you close your door, you don't know what the people next to you are doing. They could be burning candles, eating chicken legs under the bed. You do not know. Life. And some people tell me, Pastor, all I do is worry about the day I'm going to die. Keep on worrying and you'll speed up the process. <laughs> God's word is amazing. 2,000 years ago, the world rejected Jesus. And 2,000 years later, we can still see that the world is having a very extremely challenging time accepting him. In today's lesson, we're going to be looking at verse 4 in chapter 17 that contains significant theological implications and this verse continues with the departure of Jesus and his high priestly prayer. Through prayer we know that there is a calmness, there is a peace, and through prayer we receive from the Holy Spirit self-control. Jesus is literally talking to his disciples about the future that we're blessed to see today. His death upon the cross, his burial, his resurrection, we are blessed to see it today, and we are living in the church age. Just as we're living in the church age now for the past 2,000 years, there was a time before the church age and there will be a time when the church age winds up. Write it down. I know you have it, but write it down again. I am living in the future. We've heard this, and Jesus talks about this over and over with his disciples. He says, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. And we hear that every day we turn the TV on or look at social media, Russia and Ukraine. Russia's under having a coup take place. Paris, they're rioting. There's over 8,000 fires burning in Paris. There's all kind of stuff taking place in Canada. People are walking the streets in Canada last month naked. People are naked in New York City publicly at a park and making out in public in front of children. And they're doing this naked in a public space and there's no repercussions? I, I dare you go, go two miles over the speed limit. Some of y'all... <laughs> And you want to say this is normal? Jesus said, just like in the days, I uh, can't go there, of Noah. Okay. This new spiritual awakening, this new transformation, this new journey is just very evident. The more you live for Christ, it's very evident to see those of us who are receiving this new revelation and those who are saying, I don't want to change at all. You should want to change. Amen. You should want to be a better person than you were last week, last month, last year. I say, Lord, keep on working on me. 
I, I don't want to be nothing like what I used to be. And everybody can't say this, but this is the place to confess it in. I thank God that I am totally different than where, where I was one year ago. Can anybody say that? Because the more I've been in the word, the more God's just been cleaning me up. And I'm not looking when I come to church and when I get in the word, I'm not looking for what God's going to say for Brother Fred. No, Lord, what do you have to say to me? Lord, what area of my life do I know I, I need to surrender it to you? I've tried to fix it. I've tried to put Band-Aids on it. Some of y'all shaking your head. I, I, I tried to put it up so I could see it and remember it. But, Lord, I need your help. We are not self-sufficient. Lord, I depend on you to help me. Say amen, church. Some people's spirit has never been born again. And it's our responsibility as brothers and sisters in Christ to make sure that we're telling those who are outside these walls about a loving Savior. Jesus is real. And he really did come to save the world from sin. Say amen. amen. Repent for your sins and accept Christ as Savior. And you too can experience a newness, a calmness, and a peace that you've never experienced. The Bible even says that the closer you get to God, that he will grant you, he will give you as a free gift, peace that surpasses human all understanding. Slip your hand up, say, Lord, I want that kind of peace. Because all the devil want to do is try to worry you. Lord, I want your peace. Say amen, church. Remind yourself when you come into the spiritual awakening, I can't live how I want to all week long. And then only pretend to be saved when I get around other Christians. Now I got to do it. Come on, interactive. Get your finger out. Point your neighbors. I hope Pastor White's not talking about you. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not hard to put that Christian badge on, on Sunday. But do you wear it on Monday? And it's not hard to be a Christian on Monday because I have a new relationship with God. He talks to me so much now. Say amen, somebody. A new relationship with God. And we know that new relationship produces a new relationship with others. So please hear, Pastor, if God removes people out of your life, he'll also bring the correct people into your life. Sometimes we want to rush and hurry God. Well, come on, Lord, because I'm lonely. Come on, Lord, because I don't like being by myself. But I'd rather wait on God than for me to go out and bring all these people in, and I got a bunch of confusion. Let's make it real. And I've, I've bought a bunch of hell into my own life, just like Abraham, because you didn't want to wait on God. Somebody say, I'm going to wait on you, Lord. Please remember when we pray, when we talk to God, just like Jesus, we're, we're having a dialogue between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we learn each week how their actions are so closely integrated with each other. You can't have one without the other. Say amen. Here in chapter 17, we've been in verses 1 through 5. We're going to hit verse 4 today. And in verse 4, we're still dealing with Jesus prays for himself. What a blessing it is to be living in the church age for the past 2,000 years. Jesus is the head of the church. Not any denomination The head of the church is Jesus. Not any particular race. The head of the church is Jesus. 
Say amen. amen. Every day you wake up. How many of you woke up today? <laughs> so been, I'm, every day you wake up, declare it. But you, don't just think it. Actually say it out loud. God is my father. He's my father. And you know what you're doing? You're letting the devil know, not today, buddy. Don't you know who my father is? You, I'm, I'm putting you on notice before the day even starts. God is my father. Hallelujah. The disciples were privileged this night to hear a private prayer between a father and a son. This was not a regular prayer. This was an extended prayer that he allowed his disciples to listen to. You can please write this down. You can learn a lot just by listening. Uh, can I be real? Some people talk so much they won't let you get two words in, but you can learn a lot. Oh, some of y'all quiet <laughs> from listening. <laughs> Chapter 17, find verse 4, pastor's reading from the Amplified Bible. Jesus continues his highly priestly prayer to his father, and he says, look at it carefully, Father, I have glorified you down here on the earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. Let's look carefully at what Jesus said. Jesus never said that he glorified himself. Look at your Bible. Look what he said. He says, Father, I have glorified you. Stop only being concerned and wrapped up in yourself. You hear this all the time. Me, myself, and I. You hear about self, me. Look at my selfie. Look at me. Notice me. It's not about me. If you see anything, don't look at R.L. White. I don't want you to see me. I want you to see the God that lives in me. And you see the God that lives in me through my actions, through my words, through my expressions. And let me give you a free tip for those of you who are taking your mask off again. Please, practice on your resting face. Because some of y'all don't look very happy. Amen. I can't believe Pastor said it. Pastor didn't say it. Jesus never glorified himself. Jesus came to glorify God. Jesus had no regrets. He lived, the Bible said, down here. He lived down here. Jesus said, I have glorified you down here. Because Jesus wasn't from here. He was from above. He came down out of obedience to his father. For 33 years, Jesus never had one regret. He was hours away from his death, yet he never woke up the next day. You know how you do something? Let's be real. Glasses off. You know how you do something? See me, honest folk I really got. You know how you do something and then you wake up the next day? and say, man, why did I do that yesterday? Yeah, honest, I got four honest people. Jesus never woke up one time with any regret. He never woke up and said, man, I wish I hadn't did that yesterday. How many of you know someone don't look at anybody. I'm just asking. I'm going to see how fast the hands go up now. How many of you know somebody that cuss all the time? Hands went up pretty fast. It wasn't bad. Process this. 33 and a half years, Jesus never said a curse word. 
You don't think people made him mad? If somebody picked up a stone to hit you, yeah, okay. You would just say, bless ya, bless ya, bless ya. No, you wouldn't. You'd be, come on, Pookie. Come on, Bernard. We're going to go get all those. Jefferson hit the music. That was funny. <laughs> Jesus never said a bad word. Jesus never said one singular word he had to apologize for. Jesus never stumbled. Do you realize who your life, you've put your life, you've entrusted your life to? Someone who's never stumbled. Someone who has never made a mistake. Do you know who he is? Now let's go deeper. Jesus never had, I hope you're writing some of this down, any failures. I have failed at so many things and got up and tried again, got up and tried again, got up and tried again, but Jesus never failed. I'm going to jump ahead just for a minute. See, this is what happens. Please look at Pastor for a minute. The Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious leaders and the priests who were there the day Jesus died, I'm jumping ahead, and I'll go back in a couple of weeks, they were rejoicing. The majority of them were happy because they said, we won, we got him crucified, he's, he's on the cross, he's dying, we've won. But they didn't know that God had a plan before time even began to send his son to, come on church, to redeem mankind. So it didn't matter what the Pharisees or Sadducees or anybody said, Jesus was going to complete the task that his father had laid out for him before the foundation of the world. Stop letting people think they can stop the plans God has for you. God has laid out plans for you before the foundation. Praise break. Come on, clap your hands. You have no idea how many times the devil tried to turn your plans and God said, leave them alone. I know what I'm doing. It's necessary. The Bible says, God says, I know the plans that I have for you. God's plans is to bless you. God's plan is to put you in a good place. God's plan is to make your enemies to make cancer your footstool. Come on, give him praise. Hallelujah. Jesus never wept over his sins. Why? Why did he never weep over his sins? Because <laughs> he didn't have any. Jesus did weep over the sins of others because they had many. From the manger to the cross, Jesus is the perfect Savior, and that's what qualifies him to be our mediator. Jesus said, look at your Bible, Father, I have glorified you down here on the earth. Everything he was doing in his ministry for three and a half years, he was glorifying God on the earth. This is our mission, not to glorify and magnify and promote ourselves because that's the kind of world we live in now. Say amen. But it should be everything we do in some manner, Brother Van, it needs to point back to God or you're wrapped up in yourself. And if you're wrapped up in yourself, that means you're wrapped up in the world system. Oh, that's deep. Thank you, Lord. Our mission is to glorify God and not self. Here in this text, look at it carefully. Jesus acknowledges 
that he has accomplished. He acknowledges that he has finished the work that the Father gave him to do. The Father gave him work to do. Why do people think when you get saved, you're supposed to sit down, lay down, and chill out? Get your finger out. Tell somebody, even in your home, tell them, say, you have work to do. And the work that all of us have been called to do is to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Jesus acknowledges that he has work to do, and we have to learn this lesson despite the fact that everything we see tells you to be in tune about yourself. Man, yesterday, I'm seeing how many honest folk I have again. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Twitter was acting crazy yesterday. Anybody know about that? Brooklyn knows about that? How old is Brooklyn? Ten, and she knows about some of y'all still missing it. Brooklyn's, Brooklyn's 10 years old. Does she really know about Twitter? And she knows about Twitter. Twitter had a very challenging time yesterday going in and out, and people were freaking out all over the world because their dependence is in things and not in God. It's not about me. It needs to be about God. Please write that down. Make it personal. You want to see healing take place in your life? You want to see deliverance take place in your life? Start reminding yourself, it's not about me. Lord, what do you have for me? When you accept Christ as Savior, you become part of God's family, so it's no longer about you, but it's about him. And if you really become a part of God's family, the truth is, you don't belong to yourself. The Bible says when you accept Christ as your Savior, that you are purchased. You are bought with a price. That means that I no longer belong to myself. I belong to God. God is obligated to watch over me. God is obligated to take care of me. God is obligated to keep me through the storm, through the rain, through sickness, through pain. God will take care of his children. Have you been adopted? I said, have you been adopted? Hallelujah. As a born-again believer, the Father wants to show you how much he really loves you. Look at verse, verse 4 carefully. This actually highlights Jesus' obedience and his faithfulness. Jesus was obedient. Please write it down. And he was faithful to complete the mission that God entrusted to him all of us do not have the same calling stop trying to compare yourself with someone else and focus on the mission that God has called you to do well pastor you don't know I have relatives that do this and do that don't focus on that Holy Spirit show me what my mission is say amen God would not have entrusted this to Jesus if he didn't know he could complete it. Some of the things God may ask you to do, they are challenging. But God would not ask you to do it if he didn't know you could. So, so, so say it out loud for yourself. Say, I am stronger than I think. Jesus was committed to fulfilling God's plan for redemption. The question is today, are you committed to allowing God to work through your life? Are you really committed for God to work through you? I talked earlier about cursing and swearing. Are you really committed for, to let God and allow the Holy Spirit to change your speech? You don't have to be so mean and grumpy and nasty 
and have a funky dispensation on your face when God has changed your heart, what's in you should reflect on the outside of you. Hit it, Jefferson, that was good. It's time for the church. And I'm not talking about corporately, I'm talking about individually. It's time for the church to ask ourselves the hard questions. Is my allegiance really to the kingdom of God? Or is half of my allegiance in the world system? And only you can answer that question. But if you continue to stay on the roller coaster, you've answered it. Jesus, by making this statement, he was praying to his father and he wanted the disciples to know, Father, I have glorified you. He wasn't ashamed to say it because God had a divine plan. This proves that Jesus' earthly ministry was not an accident. We know this here at Emmanuel Church. There are no accidents. There's no, oh, I guess I was lucky. You ought to be past that now. I don't believe in luck. I believe in blessings. I believe in divine predestination. I believe that God is able to do just what this book says. I am not lucky. I am blessed. Say it out loud. God always. Come on, say it like you believe it. God always has a plan. There is never a time. There is never a circumstance where God actually says, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I? God always has a plan. And his plans are always for our good. How can you not love and worship and serve someone when his plans are just always good? God doesn't do us like we do each other. God doesn't have any secret agendas. God's not trying to manipulate you into anything. God's just trying to bless you. God's just trying to love on you. Because some of y'all have been hurt and you need God's love to remove that hurt out of your life. Come on, give God some praise. Father God, orchestrate my life. Father God, thank you that you are rearranging things in my life. Thank you, Father. Rearrange things the way you want them to be. Because I told you a few weeks ago, if you're alive today in the church age, God has anointed you to stand and to be strong. Say amen, church. God orchestrated this divine plan before the foundation of the world. Look at verse 4. Jesus said, I have glorified you. Jesus expressed his desire to glorify the Father through completing his work. And I shared with you before, when God gives you a mission or when God gives you an assignment, don't quit before completing your mission. Well, Lord, this was too hard for me to do. God will never give us more than we can bear. Say amen. I don't care how tired we get sometimes. I don't care if you get a little weary sometimes. God will never... Put on you more than you can bear. It's the devil that tells us, you can't take this. It's almost over. Why don't you give up? Why don't you quit? What's the purpose in trying? That's not the Holy Spirit. When you hear all this said to you, that's demons talking to you. And you know what to tell the demons. Get away from my house. The blood of Jesus covers me. The blood of, some of y'all don't understand it. The blood of Jesus covers my family. If
if God has called you to do something, this is not the time to quit. The world is getting bold. Wickedness is rising up. Evil is everywhere. But the church, we still stand. And in these next few days, as evil continues to rise, because it's not going to go back in the bottle, Pandora's box has already been opened. <laughs> but even though evil's all around us, as believers here in the church age, God has promised to protect us. Put your hand on yourself. He's promised to protect you, those in your family who are saved. God has promised to look after those who are trying to get back in the family. And most of it, he's going to work through you to be a light to them. Don't keep your hand on yourself. Don't get on social media with all this negative, demonic stuff. If you get on there at all, use it for good to be a witness about God. Say amen, church. Don't always be posting, this is my favorite song, B.B. King and the Funky Five. Come on, man. Post something about God. Post something about a healing. Post something about deliverance. Post something about miracles. <laughs> Hallelujah. Our ultimate goal is to know that God has equipped us. And people say to me all the time, Pastor, how do I know if I've been equipped to stand and complete a task that God has given me? God equips you through your experiences. None of us in here, no one watching this broadcast, none of us have the same life experiences because none of us have the same calling. So stop. Please write this down because I hear it all the time. Stop comparing your life with someone else's. I've told you all that, ah, most of the stuff you see on Instagram, that's not real. That's pretend. Anybody can act right in front of a camera. Jesus becomes our perfect mediator because he brings honor and glory to our heavenly father. At this point in the night, the disciples, I told you, they were in disarray. They were upset. Some of them were angry. Some of them were flustered. Some of them were having panic attacks. And, and listen to Pastor. I want to be real with you, man. How many of you know someone that's ever experienced a panic attack? We don't talk about this in church, but we need to. Raise your hands. I'm serious. When you're experiencing a panic attack, you can ask the Holy Spirit. Because where does he live? I can't hear you. If he lives in you, you can ask the Holy Spirit, help me calm down. I know you got this. Why am I going to get myself all worked up when you already worked it out? Remember, Jesus is praying in front of these 11 men out loud. When is the last time <laughs> someone heard you pray out loud? If the world can say and do all this ungodly stuff, why can't the church? Why can't the church stand up to be a witness and stop being ashamed, Sister ESJ, to pray, Sister Yvette, out loud? We allow all kind of stuff, and the only reason, uh-oh, thank you, Holy Spirit, the world gets away with it because we allow it. Draw the line somewhere in your life. Draw the line for yourself. I'm not going to allow anyone to, to disrespect the kingdom of God. 
please hear me if you don't hear anything else I say today. The reason you need to start speaking up, because the Bible says this. The Bible says one day, Sister Tiffany, you're going to have to stand before Jesus. Oh, I'll be okay because I'll have my family with me. No, you won't. Oh, I'll be okay because all my church family be with me. No, they won't. I'll be okay because my Facebook family will be with me. No, they. When you stand before Jesus, you're going to have to stand before him by yourself. And when he asks you, why didn't you speak up? When you had an opportunity, you're going to have to stand there or kneel there or fall down flat on your face and give him an answer. My point is this. One day, Sister Brenda, all of us are going to have to stand before the Lord and give an account of what we said and what we did not say. And I'm asking God every day, whatever you want me to say, Lord, whatever you want me to do, Lord, just give it to me and I'll give it to them. Lord, just let me be a distribution station. I don't want to just be taking all this in. I want to give it out so people can know that you are the light of the world, that people can know there is hope, that people can know there is an alternative to living like the world says you have to live. When the church prays, things begin to happen. Say, when I pray. Uh-oh, listen what you're confessing. Say, when I pray, things happen. You know why things happen? Because you're connected to something greater than yourself. You're connected to a kingdom that has never fallen. Satan tried to disrupt God's kingdom, but he got himself kicked out. You're talking about a kingdom that has stood for eons and nobody can dethrone my God and my Savior. Get your Bible out. Say, I love God. I love him. 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 Jesus prayed out loud because he wanted the disciples to know the closeness of his relationship with his father. And they had a shared purpose in wanting to save mankind. Look at what Jesus said. He said, by completing, by finishing the work that you gave me to do. He's actually saying that the act of redemption is complete. Why did he say it was complete if he had not died and he had not risen from the dead? And I was going over this over and over. Why did Jesus say, I finished it? You haven't went to the cross yet. He said, it's complete. You haven't went to the cross yet. But in his mind, he knew he was not going to back out. He knew the torture and the suffering he was going to have to face, but Jesus already had resolve. No matter what happens, I'm going to complete this task. That's why he could say, it is finished. That's why he could say, I have completed the task. Because even though it's going to be rough these next few hours, in my mind, in my soul, in my spirit, Father, I have glorified you. When things get challenging, stop looking at the circumstance you're in and start looking at the circumstance that God is going to get you out of. Some people get so stuck with, look where I'm at, look where I'm at. You can't get past where you're at. Look at it how God looks at it. It's all necessary. It has to be necessary for God to get me where I need to be. So I'm not going to grumble. I'm going to say, Lord, I'm going to complete my mission. I'm serious, man. When you go to heaven, when you stand before Jesus, how many people can honestly say, Lord, I tried to invite people to your kingdom? Because he's going to ask you, why didn't you witness for me? 
Well, they made me mad. Come on. Why did you witness for me? Well, I didn't like the way he treated me. Come on. Why did you witness for me? Because they wasn't listening anyway. Tell them anyway. When your kids come around you, talk about God. Talk about Jesus. Talk about he's a miracle worker. Talk about how he's a mind regulator. Talk about how he can do what no other power on this planet can do. If Jesus can save somebody like me, Hallelujah. It's amazing to me that we, 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 all of us, we talk about everything. Sports, politics, the 4th of July. Some of y'all going to be barbecuing? I guess not. One man will be barbecuing. And we're all invited. And he's going to give me his address after we go off the air. We talk about everything. But seriously, man, you have an opportunity the next few days, if you have family and friends around you, you got an opportunity to let people see that something's different about you. You shouldn't be the same where you were this time last year. Same man, church. If God has kept you alive, bought you through covid uh-uh, you better praise him. Uh, this should not be. Uh, God has brought you through COVID, brought you through sickness, car accidents, fires, job changes. People have died in my life. God is a keeper. God is a keeper. God is a Hallelujah. Jesus knew he was getting ready to die. He knew he was getting ready to suffer. He knew the humiliation that was coming. But remember, in his mind, it was finished. It was completed. When you have the mind of Christ, when you allow the Holy Spirit, to come in and really take up residence inside of you. The Holy Spirit, he will change your speech. Say amen. He will change the way you act. He will change your thought process. The glass is not half full. The Bible says my cup See, everybody can't say that. Well, it haven't happened to me. The Bible says claim those things that are not as though they are. My cup runneth over. I had a gentleman tell me this morning, he said, Pastor, look at me. He said, I'm happy. God wants your cup to run over. God wants you to live that abundant life full of joy, full of happiness, and most of all, full of love. Say amen. When people, when you see them, and I've said this before, when I'm driving here to the church at 7 o'clock in the morning, and I'm looking over at people in the cars on both sides, and, and I'm only doing that when I'm stopped and not when I'm driving. And I look over at them, people just look so angry. What are you so mad about? And it's nice to see somebody smile every once in a while that knows no matter what I'm facing, God's got this. No matter what the doctor says to me, God's got this. No matter what happens on my job, God's, am I talking to anybody today? Despite my family acting foolish sometimes, God's got this. Certain things God allows to take place in our timeline because we have to remember that our timeline is inside of his timeline. 
We view too many things from a human perspective and not from a spiritual perspective. When we view things from a spiritual perspective, we start to understand that God's timing is not our timing. God is not bound or limited by time. Anytime God wants to, he can touch you at 2 o'clock in the morning and take all the pain while you're not receiving this out of your body. God can cause all of your enemies to DM you and apologize for the nasty ways they treated you. Don't tell me what my God cannot do. Thank you. God's plan of salvation was already complete before the earth was created. The more you understand God's word, and that's the issue, you need to understand God's word, and you need to understand the times we're living in. The more you can clearly see his purpose. God does have a purpose and a plan for my life. Write it down. God does have a purpose and a plan. And people ask me all the time. And one thing I have to say, though, I don't hear it as much as I used to because the Holy Spirit is revealing. God does have a purpose and a plan for your life. It is not for you to struggle every day. It is not. It's not for you to be uncomfortable uh, every day. Verse 4, Jesus shows us his authority over eternal life by stating that he has accomplished the necessary work. Through his sinless life, through his death, through his burial, through his resurrection, Jesus is the only one that could invite all of humanity to receive this precious gift. Salvation is a gift it cannot be earned. You can't do enough to earn your way into heaven. It is a gift from God. How can you not love a God that wants to give you such a beautiful gift? Hallelujah. He has done this for humanity. And only Jesus could do it because he lived a perfect life. We know this. Without Jesus, there is no other way to the Father. Look at your Bible. Verse 4, Jesus says, I have completed the work. In other words, since he said he completed it, he has the right to declare victory. If Jesus has victory and I'm, come on church, and I'm part of his body, make it even more personal than that. I have victory. Make it personal, say I have victory. See, I used to say we have victory, but everybody don't have victory. They don't. It's very evident. Uh, it's very evident who has victory. Say I have victory. And victory is something that God wants all of his children to experience here down on the earth. You don't need victory in the heaven because God is there. We need victory here. People tend to think that they defeated Jesus. And thank you, Holy Spirit. Now I'll go back to the Pharisees and Sadducees. They were so happy because they thought they had defeated Jesus. They were so happy because they said, boy, we, we shut him down, didn't we? We canceled Jesus, didn't we? We had him beat. We were going to stone him multiple times, but now we had him crucified. So now it's all over. Men can be so foolish because Jesus said, be careful that the blind 
is not leading the blind. And to me, and for those of us who God has enlightened, it's not hard to see the blind leading the blind. Because if God has opened up your eyes at all, you ought to be saying, Lord, create in me. Not my wife, not my children. Create in a clean heart. Renew in me the right spirit. Give me the right attitude when I'm around other people to still represent you. Say amen. Without Jesus, there's no way to the Father. Jesus shows us that his redemption work grants eternal life to all believers. And this is what I told you a few weeks ago. Without Jesus, there is no eternity in heaven. Eternity is built in to every person that's been born here on the planet. And Google it when you get home. There have been 108 billion people born here on this planet and 108 billion people have eternity built into them the question is where are you going to spend it you can there, there's not multiple places you can go there's only two places you can go and god is so good look at somebody say he's really good that he gave us the choice where we want to spend eternity. How many of you know where you're going when you leave here? I'm not going to Mars. I'm not going to, what, Venus. I'm going to heaven. Say amen, church. If you truly believe today, if you truly believe today, Start declaring, Lord, I believe. This one verse, look at it. It shows us Jesus had humility because he submitted to the will of his father. He did not tell his father no to such a difficult, life-changing task. And I was listening, uh, Sister Tiffany said, someone that shed their blood for me? How can you not be grateful? Because see, I'm finding this out, Sister Tiffany. Uh, I can't say it the way I want to. Some people say all kind of stuff to you in front of your face. But it's a different thing when you talk about giving up your life for somebody. And what Jesus really did, see, some people don't understand this. Here we go. What Jesus really did was he died for sins you have not even committed yet. How can you not love him? How can you not worship someone that died for sins you haven't even committed yet? That's a lot of love. That's called, come on Jefferson, unconditional Please stand to your feet. It's not about what we want. Jesus is proof. Lift your hands to heaven. That the ultimate goal is always to bring honor and glory to our heavenly Father. This task of saving man and redeeming us it was not an easy task. God's plan of salvation is still available today. All you have to do is repent and accept Christ as your Savior. And this is to everyone listening to Pastor. When you're around your family and friends, represent God. And stop trying to represent yourself. When you represent God, he is the one that brings peace and favor, not only with heaven. Look, this is what happens. Get your hands up. God gives you favor from heaven when you represent him. That's favor. 
I mean, I received that. That's heavenly. That's divine. That's supernatural. Not only does God give us favor, but then God allows favor to come from people we don't even know. The Bible says eyes. <laughs> Some of y'all better get ready. I'm trying to tell you. Eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. The wonderful blessings God has in store for you and I today. We will complete this task because we know this Emmanuel family the race, Brandon, is not given to the swift nor to the strong, but to the person that endures until the end. Just like Jesus endured his task. Come on, lift them high. Holy Spirit, thank you for the strength Thank you for the anointing. Thank you for the authority. Thank you for the power to stand and endure today for Jesus Christ. Clap your hands. I know you received the word. God bless you. God keep you. The next few days, if you're around family and friends, Try to let your light shine that others may see that God has really made a change in your life. To everyone watching this broadcast, it is my prayer that Almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, and his majestic kingdom shall continue to reign from this time forth and forevermore. And it is my prayer for every member of the Emmanuel family to receive God's peace. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you truly believe God today, stand on his word. What a powerful verse this is that shows us the unconditional love between a father and a son. If you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, accept him into your heart today. Simply say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins and I accept you today as my Savior. And you know what the Bible says? Believe in your heart, confess with the mouth the Lord Jesus and you shall be saved. Amen. Thank you, Father. God bless you for listening to this message. It is our prayer that you receive it in Jesus' name. Emmanuel Church is building, changing, and inspiring lives through the power of Jesus Christ.